This week's episode is brought to you by Tortorello's, the only breakfast cereal made of 100% pure grits. Get your box of the official breakfast cereal of USA Hockey at all fine World Cup of Hockey retailers. <laughs> Sackick fakes it, takes it, scores! Joe Sackick! Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph House, and you're locked into Season 3 of the Mile High Hockey Podcast, if you can believe that. Coming up on the show, it's our World Cup of Hockey preview episode, but before we play the whoosh, i got to introduce the disembodied voices of the week. Say hello, as usual, to Earl06. Hi, Earl. Good afternoon. And say hello to Ryan Murphy. How are you, sir? Hello, gentlemen. Uh, with that, I believe that we should get right to, uh, to doing things. I can't believe we've been at this for... For three years now, it feels like a month to me, but you know, sometimes these things catch up on you. Apparently, I I don't know what number we're on, but we're on season three, so that's a thing. Yeah. But anyway, let's hit the button. We survived August, fellas. We did it. Yeah. Uh, thanks in no small part to the Avs regime change, of course. So before we begin, yes, the Avalanche hired a new coach, but you've already heard all about that. Uh, quickly, do you guys like the Bender hire? I do. I mean, uh, that's a fine hire. He's definitely among the names that all of us thought were viable candidates. Uh, he's had quite a success rate in uh, minor league hockey, so why not? I mean, the guy deserves a chance. Yeah, I, I think he's a good hire for the Avs. I think it's it's the kind of perfect guy as far as qualifications to sort of make a, a change from what they were doing with Patrick. Yep, it's definitely a 180 degrees difference. I mean, as I mentioned in the article, it's uh, it's not a star power hire. You know, it's not some guy fresh off the Blackhawks bench. You know, it's uh, not a big name. You know, that was a Hall of Fame <laughs> NHL <laughs> hockey player. So uh, the team's getting it from a different angle now, and that's probably good. Hopefully, good. And on the flip side of that, it's it's good that people who uh, sort of know, you know deeply about hockey, uh, really liked this guy and, and thought that he was someone that would be a, a head coach soon. So he might not have the star power, but um, he has the respect around the league. Yeah, most importantly, he's going to be on the same page as the front office, which we just, it hasn't seemed that way for the past two years, if not three years. So finally, we'll be getting free agents that fit into the coach's system and how he wants to play hockey and that can only benefit the team. Yeah, we've got yeah, Pat Patrick kind of touched on that when he was talking to the press the other night in, in Quebec. Uh, that sounded like one of the major reasons why he wanted to leave was just, you know, they, they grew apart. They didn't have the same vision for the team and, you know, what, what's the point of continuing? Yep, that's fine. Uh, I think they did it respectfully, and, you know, it wasn't emotional. I don't think it was rash. A lot of us felt the timing was poor, but it sounds like they were communicating all summer about it. When it finally happened, it happened. And they were ready and able to move on it. And for it to take the team by surprise as much as it did, as, as we've been hearing more and more about how it seems like it was a topic of conversation all summer for them, you just got to think that Sackick maybe never really took that seriously. Like, hey, you're definitely coming back, you know. Right. Like, you're just talking. Yeah. Well, I I think it I think that he sort of, you know, he, he gave Patrick some homework over the summer, maybe that 
it, you know, the, the team needed to change how they played. Um, they, they needed to make some systemic changes and regardless of who they got for free agents or, or trades or whatever, um, the, the coaches needed to do some different things on the ice and, and I, I guess that, that Patrick decided rather than do that and rather than deal with a, a roster makeup he didn't like that, that you know, just time to go. A nice three-year experiment. I think we're all pretty excited that it actually happened. Um, <laughs> now we're excited for them to get better from it. And, uh, you know, along the lines of all the quotes that we've heard this week, I, I think I'm really proud of the team and how they've handled it and the media as well. I mean, between Landis Gog and Duchesne, I think they've probably had the most camera time or, uh, you know, the largest platform to speak out on. I think both of them have been very respectful, and I think the team looks good coming out of this situation. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, as we talk about the differences between the coaching and the front office, we'll we'll get more into uh, kind of how we see the role of coaching now as we get into the World Cup rosters later. Um, I'll and I'll explain what I mean by that when we get there. Good. Um, but uh, we've also seen Eric Veyu take over for the uh, San Antonio Rampage, and uh, I guess he's been already meeting with some guys and doing some, you know, coaching things. Yeah, from what we've heard, he's been at the Family Sports Center for the informal practices, and uh, you know, not coaching every practice. We've heard, you know, we've we've heard of uh, Iggy running it at, at times, and, and you know, just whoever is the most senior man running it. Um, but it, it, you know, it's nice to know that that they're more than just watching from the the windows above, and that they're you know, trying to get the guys on the same page uh, way before camp. Which is important given that we're going to be installing entirely new systems, short six guys, in a very short amount of time. Right. Yeah. Now, one of those is a goaltender, but still. So, um, do we have anything else to say about the, uh, the coaching additions since we had our uh, WA retrospective episode? You know, not necessarily. I mean, it's been a couple weeks now. I think everybody's kind of vented. Uh, either direction by now and you know we're ready to move i mean i think everybody's very excited about the hire and the season's upon us yeah i'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do same here I'm, I'm i'm pretty optimistic for the direction of the team right now and we'll get more into that as we get into you know talking about the actual season but before we play the season we need to play the world cup so uh, for people who maybe haven't paid attention to the silliness that the World Cup is, or who forgot the rules about the teams, it's kind of a big mess, but it's a big fun mess. Your teams are Team Sweden, Team Finland, Team Czech Republic, Team the rest of Europe, Team Russia, uh, Team uh, North America under 23, Team USA over 23, and Team Canada over 23. Clear as mud. <laughs> It's, it's all done in the spirit of competition, since we're assuming that nobody wants to watch a McDavid Taves Sagan line personally score 15 goals on Team Norway. Uh, I honestly hated the system when it rolled out, but you know, without it, as you'll see when we run down the rosters, I wouldn't have a rooting interest at the World Cup. So, what about you guys? Do you love it or hate it? As far as the the two new teams, as uh, I guess you can call it two new teams. Yeah, I I like it. Um... I do think that that both the U.S. and and Canada would probably be a, even more lopsided uh, if they had those guys as well. So it's it's a good way to get more of those guys 
uh, ice time and, and camera time and uh, promote them a little bit. Right. That's and, the point I was going to make, too. Yeah. You're diluting the Canadian-U.S. rosters a little bit, which is probably important just for parity, keeping things interesting. But this event needs to be promoting your young players. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it's for. I mean, the next generation's what you need to be marketing in the league. And, you know, you're throwing them out in front of everybody for this event. Well, I am looking forward to uh, to seeing, you know, how the different teams kind of roll out and and how they perform. We've we've been seeing some action at exhibitions already. For those of us that have actually tuned in for those, but I would have. I mean, ESPN U. What the hell is that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a channel that I think colleges and sports bars get, and nobody else. Yeah, yeah I know. I that- don't get it. Is that what they turned to when the Ocho went under? Or yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Well, I, think that I don't get that ESPN U used to be ESPN Classic. <laughs> Great. Never got that either. <laughs> so those of us with basic cable packages, you know, with mere ESPN and ESPN2 will have to wait. Hello? Hello? Ryan? Uh-oh. Ryan crossed the streams again. Yep. <clears throat> there he is. Rip. Hey, <laughs> did I get lost uh, midpoint there? Yes, you, you know, vanished. Well, a lot of these uh, events are, you know, pony shows anyway, so might as well show off the young ponies before they get to be, you know, thoroughbreds for next year. It's like the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. No, I th- I th- <laughs> There's a comparison worthy of Eric Johnson himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Looking at the 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 under twenty three roster, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, I watched their game the other night against uh, Team Some of Europe, and they really looked fun to watch. And I, I don't know how far they're going to go. I mean, they they might be quite good, they might flame out, but they're going to be very fun to watch. And I, I think that's a, a good thing for this tournament as well. Would you guys rule out that team from winning it all? Definitely not. I would not winning at all. it all. I, that'd be a real long shot, but you know, I, I I hope they have a shot. I mean, I'm trying to think of what's deficient on that team. I mean, they could score four goals a game easily on any of these guys. Yeah, and and we'll get to uh, like each team's chances to win a little bit later on. But I would personally power rank in a between two and three. Nice. So um, let's talk about Avalanche players that are at the World Cup. Um, representing Team Russia, we have Semyon Varlamov in that. Uh, representing Team Some of North America is Nathan McKinnon, who apparently just looked like he was in his own league against Team Europe, but that's, you know. He had a good game. Eric Johnson is representing the Team USA. Um, and then for Team Sweden, we have Gabe Landeskog and Carl Soderberg. How's the, have you seen that team at all yet? How have they looked? They were a little slow in the first game, but they look great today. And then finally, um, helping uh, in maybe a, a smaller minute role than he's used to with Team Canada is Matt Duchesne. Um, and the reason that I mentioned the role of coaching earlier was actually this right here, because every time we see the Lions come out for Team Canada, it seems like the internet of Avs fans kind of starts blowing up about putting Matt Duchesne on the fourth line and how he shouldn't play a checking role. Um, so 
I think we should briefly talk about the checking role and how that isn't one and the role of coaching. I, I mean, that, I he had a, a couple of hits and some block shots last night, but I, I wouldn't call what what he was playing as a as a checking line last night. Definitely not. Well, let's look at what a checking line is. Why does a checking line exist? This is you know your third fourth line guys in in the NHL. You in a salary cap league. There's there's you know every team has to ice twelve forwards every night. There'll soon be thirty one groups of twelve, so your talent pool is obviously you know not what Team Canada has, and you have to keep that within a salary cap. So you you cannot ice the best twelve players possible. You have you have extreme limitations on that. So you end up picking up a couple of lines of guys who are going to score goals for you reliably, and then a couple of lines of guys who are reliably not going to give up a bunch of goals. Right? That's the idea. In theory. In theory. And then the role of the coach is to take the players he's given and put those lines together to say, who's going to have the best chance on a given night to, you know, have the best goal differential? For whatever reasons. So now we have the World Cup of Hockey, and you have Team Canada, who has probably the deepest forward core in the world. Easily. And, of course, you have Matt Deshane on a fourth line, because you're not going to play him over guys like Taves. McDavid, well, even if he was there, you know, I mean, yeah, if, I mean, if if you had a full Canada team, I'm not sure Duchesne would make it. Um, I don't think he would either. Yeah, so it's 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 nice that I, I think it's going to be nice for Matt because I think he's going to learn some things that might help when he comes back to the Avs. Yeah, but my point is, Canada's not rolling a checking line; they're rolling four scoring lines because they can. Checking yeah. lines exist because you can't roll four scoring lines. But Canada yeah. can. He's playing with Giroux and Joe Thornton. Um, that doesn't say checking line to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so calm down. It's a, it's a highly first skilled line. scoring line. <laughs> yes. Canada has four first lines. Calm down. Yeah. And if Matthew Shane's being slighted, then so is like a first ballot Hall of Famer like Joe Thornton. Yeah. And, you know, Drew's no slouch either, right? Yeah. I mean, Jerusalem, yeah. So, uh, you know, this isn't uh, an indictment on Duchesne. This isn't him getting thrown in the doghouse or something on Team Canada. It's just the very nature of that team. They are that good and they are that deep. You know, if that line rolls one night, they're going to get most of the minutes. It's not a fourth line. I mean, it's a fourth line nominally. Well, it's also, I mean, as a coach, you have to figure out, well, I mean, I guess we're going to take some penalties and, and the other team will too. So we're going to need some special teams. So we need we need places to put extra guys if we want to, you know, run four guy, four forwards on the, on the power play or, mm-hmm. you know, we need our penalty killers and, you know, we need places to put them. That's why the, the line that he's on is kind of weird. I mean, it just, you know, Thornton, Giroux... And Duchesne, you just don't think, wow, that's that's going to click right away. But it's, you know, it's a decent line. Duchesne played, um, I think he played second, maybe third power play. Um, I think Thornton killed penalties. So, I mean, it worked out as far as, you know, what you want to do as a coach allocating, you know, time and minutes and, and roles. Yeah. Plus, I think Duchesne and Drew would be great on the first team penalty kill. Yeah. These guys are very active, uh, quick. Yeah, it's hard to argue against having Duchesne as your breakout threat on the kill. Because 
he gets it, he's gone. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, the groups um, for this event, we have two groups of four. Group A is the USA, the Czech Republic, Team Canada, and Team Sum of Europe. And Group B consists of Sweden, Russia, Team Under 23 NA, and Finland. Uh, we've got two round-robin groups. After that, the top two from each group will advance to the semifinals, uh, where first place from each will play second place from each. And then the winners play a best-of-three grand final. Uh, the clear goal of both groups in the playoff format, as far as I can see, is to guarantee that USA and Canada play at least once and that they have the best chance possible to play in the finals. <laughs> That's the point. Right. It sure looks that way. And you can also make the same argument for Sweden, Finland. Yeah. I, I think those four teams right now look like the the best as far as what you can project. Um, with, with again the young guns being a complete unknown. Because, I mean, do we really think there's a, a legitimate chance that the Czech Republic or Team EU is number two in Group A? Not even close. I mean, you, you could see... I could see any of Group B making that second slot. I mean, that's a group of death. Now, had they included the Czech Republic with, you know, Team Europe? I mean, I think they'd have a better chance, but mm -hmm. separately, no. Right. And it's it's funny that it's... It's always you know Team Slovakia in the Olympics that are the spoilers for somebody, mm -hmm. but they're not even here. They're part of Team Sum of Europe, right? Which they may as well call Slovakia, you know, given who's important on that team. But and there's actually a lot of Germans on that team. Is there? Uh, huh. and, yeah, and Germany is often a spoiler in the Olympics. Oh, you know what? Let's just hop into roster talk. Let's look at Team Europe. Um, for their forwards, they have Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who I guess is a flyer. They have Mikhail Bodker, Leon Dreisaitl, Marion Gaberich, who, what is your first name? Yannick Hansen? Uh, Marion Hossa, Andre Kopitar, Nino Niederreiter, Franz Nielsen. I don't recognize this person. Tobias Reeder, writer or something. He's a coyote. He plays for Not Phoenix. Thomas Tatar, Thomas Vanek, Mats Zuccarello, the forward core. You know... Not terrible. Mm -mm. It's just not Team Canada. You're right. <laughs> it's it's a respectable lineup, but you right. know I mean, you could throw that out the show and they'd be a good team. Right. They didn't look so hot the other night, but defensively, you're looking at Zidane Chara, Christian Erhoff, Roman Yossi, Lucas Spiza, Dennis Seidenberg, Andre Sakara, and Mark Streit. That's their downfall. I mean, you say that, and I haven't even told you the goalies yet. <laughs> Halak was good. Tomas Grice, Philip Grubauer, and Yaro Halak. But yeah, was, you're right, there are a lot of Germans on this team. Yeah. I was actually pretty impressed with Halak. I mean, that, that game could have really gotten out of hand the other night. Um, he was good. Their defense was horrible. I think their forwards probably just looked like they needed to develop some chemistry. Well, I mean, chemistry is always going to be an issue with Team Europe. You know, it's a bunch of guys who, you know, the only language they sh that they share between them mostly is going to be hockey English. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, giving it 110% <laughs> seven days a week, taking it one game at a time. Start the game on time. Start the game on time. Wheel. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but they're also at a disadvantage, too, because, you know, even though they throw these teams together, a lot of these other guys are playing on national teams, you know, once every couple of years. And they know each other from growing up in their own countries, you know. Uh, Team Europe does not have that advantage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's where the the chemistry problem comes from is to, you know, I I can't think of a situation where these guys would have played much together unless. Even like Team North America, you know, they're all playing together in junior. Yeah. You know, um, these guys just aren't coming from the same European leagues. They're not coming from the same junior leagues. I mean, they, they just don't know each other the same way that the rest of these teams will. Well, and also, if you're a coach, I mean, you know, let, let's take Slovakia for instance. If this, if, if these were, if this was Team Slovakia, uh, the guys on Team Slovakia would be used to the system that sort of over you know, years and decades would have been used and, you know, it wouldn't be a new thing coming in and, and just starting to play that way. Um, you know, there's no history with this team. There's no history with the coaching staff. So they, you know, they've got a, a lot to learn in a short time. Yep. If you want to cheer for an underdog, uh, that's the team you root for. Yeah. Them or the Czech Republic, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, Czech Republic has, I think probably the most Michaels, in the in the event, <laughs> forward core consists of Michael Berner, Roman Servenka, who I didn't realize was still playing hockey, uh, Radic Faxa, Michael Froelich, Martin Hansel, Alex Hemsky, Dmitry Yaskin, Milan McCulloch, Andre Pilat, David Pasternak, Thomas Plakanich. That's their captain. Uh, when when Thomas Plakanich is your is your captain. Vladimir Savoka and Jakub Voracek. No Hey Duke, man. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no Hey Duke, no chance. That's going to be the, the new slogan, I think. Right. But at least we can expect, um, you know, Czech, the, the Czech Republic are in the same group as Canada, so we can expect our, our annual fight between Duchesne and Savotka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it out of the way before the season starts. And then uh, defensively, I don't know that it's a whole lot better. Um, you've got Michael Jordan, you've got Michael Kempney, who I'm not sure has ever made the NHL. You've got, what is your first name? Thomas Kundratic. Kund- I don't know. I don't, I have Czech heritage. I can't pronounce Kundratic how it's probably supposed to be. Uh, Zabedek McCulloch and Jakob Nakladal, who I've also never heard of. And Roman Polak and Andre Schuster. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big underdog, too. <laughs> that may have even fewer names than Team Europe. Uh, they, their uh, saving grace is in the goaltending, where they have Peter Mrazek, Michael Neuverth, Neu- 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 I don't know, and uh, Pavlik. Yeah. Andre Pavlik. <coughs> so, obviously, Pavlik's not the saving grace there, but Neuverth. Yeah, Mrazek and, and Neuverth are the ones that have played so far. If they want to win games, we won't see Pavlik after the exibs. But Nuvith can totally steal a game or two for them. That's their one chance, I think. He did today. Who did they play today? Uh, the Ruskies. And who is on that team? <laughs> Varley and a bunch of guys. Varley and a bunch of guys. Um, there's a, There's probably several... 
uh, very marginal NHL-type players here because I don't think that there's a whole lot of KHL that's welcome on this team because it's an NHL event. You got Andrei Anisimov. You got Evgeny Dadanov. You got Pavel Datsuk, who, I mean, there's there's a KHL name for you, as, as sad as that is. Uh, there's Nikita Kucherov and Nikolai Kuleman, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Evgeny Malkin, Vladimir Nemestikov, Alex Ovechkin. What's Panarin's first name? Artemy. Artemy Panarin. V. Shipachev. Vadim Shipachev. He does not have a photo on the thing, so I assume he doesn't play in the NHL. <laughs> Vladimir Tirasenko. And finally, Ivan Telegin rounds up their uh, forward core, which isn't bad. That, yeah, forward forward throw, okay. Their defense is horrible. Their defense consists of uh, Alexei Emelin and Dmitry Kulikov and Alexei Marchenko and Andre Markov and Nikita Nesterov and Dmitry Orlov and Nikita Zaitsev. Yeah, their, their defense looked like sort of uh, Zan and Hunwick SOB era Avs defense today. Yeah, the, well, their defenders are all like NHL defenders, barely. Mm -hmm. And Markov, who's getting old, but still is okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how it ended up, but at one point they, the Czechs were out shooting them 32 to 15 today. Yeah, I, apparently Varley was standing on his head. Yeah, I mean, he might have lost in the shootout, but he he played fantastic. The goaltending for Russia is, you know, it's it's not it's it's good, but it's very much an, a hot or cold kind of goaltending core. You've got Bobrovsky and Varlamov still, and then their third is Andrei Vasilevsky from uh, Tampa. Hmm. So, yeah. sounds like Russia could have used a couple of Avalanche prospects to shore up their defensive core, huh? Yeah, I think I think Z could really help that team out. Um, I think he would be an improvement over just most of those guys, probably. I would agree with that. I mean, they may have been trying to go a little bit younger to balance out the 37 years of uh, Markov, but I don't know. They're not younger enough if you leave Zdorov out. Not a decision I understand, really. <laughs> So do you think that they have uh, much of a chance of t cracking the top two in Group B? If Varley shuts them out every time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still got some yeah, very, I mean, very top-end players on that team. I mean, Malkin can carry a hockey team on his own. You know, if they get good enough goaltending, I give them a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were they were, they were were creative in the offensive zone today. Um you know, Neuverth was just awesome. But I, I I just think with the defense that they have and the way they play in the defensive zone, it's just uh, maybe they'll get better. Maybe they're really treating it as an exhibition, but it, it was troubling. That's kind of how I felt about the uh, U.S.-Canada result that, I mean, it's Canada doesn't turn it up until the knockout phase anyway. So this is just friendlies. Yeah, it wasn't too friendly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's friendly. I want to know what the... And that's actually a really good point about these first uh, two games each for, for each team is they're the furthest thing from friendly, you know, other than, than Team Under 23 and, and Team Some of Europe. 
Um, you Swedes and Finns, you know, that was a very chippy series. The Russians and the Czechs don't like each other. U S and Canada don't like each other. I mean, they were very contentious on the ice. You really right. didn't get the impression they were taking it easy and just skating around out there at all. Yeah. I think these friendlies have done a lot to, uh, allay some people's fears that this is a tournament that doesn't matter. That won't have any back checking. It won't have any defense. and It'll be terrible to watch. These guys care. Oh yeah. So how about we have some fun with pronunciation? What do you think? Let's let's get team. Finland? Let's yeah, let's get team Finland. <laughs> Four words include Sebastian Aho, Alexander Barkov, Yunus Donskoy, Valtteri Filippola, Michael Granlund, Eric Halla, UC Jokin, and Miko Koivu. Leo Komarov, Uncle Leo, made this team, even though he's also from Russia and Estonia. Lori Korpakovsky, Patrick Laine, Yori Latera, and Tuivo Turavainen. The forwards aren't too aren't too hard to say. No. And I like that they went young. Um, I, I I think that's that's going to be something that's going to work in their favor later on in the tournament. Well, they have the luxury of being able to do so, unlike yeah. two of your other top four countries. <laughs> yeah, I you know they. <clears throat> They, they seem to be going young, and in the first game against Sweden, they, they looked very quick, uh, much quicker than the Swedes. So, uh, you know, that could be something that could really help out later in games and later in the tournament. I'm pretty interested to see what Line is going to do. I don't know how much ice he's going to get, but I'm really curious to see what he does. Yeah, uh, not much today. I think he got like one shot off, I think. Yeah, I didn't notice him much, and I, I only watched the first period of the game on Thursday. But um, one I, shot, I, have, I haven't noticed him or Aho much. Uh, Seventeen, oh. fifteen minutes of ice time though, and putting uh, five on the power play, so he's getting on the ice. Yeah, well, I mean, Sweden. <clears throat> excuse me, Sweden. You know, they're they are like the defensive team since Switzerland didn't hear. So, I'll, I'll, we'll need to see what else he's going to do against other squads. Uh, defensively, the Finns consist of Yerki Jokipaka, uh, Sammy Lapisto, Essa Lindell, Olimata, Vilipoka, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Sammy Vatman. It's a mixed bag. Um, Vatman's looked awful the last the, the two games that I saw. Yeah. But I, you know, again, I, I they're going young, and I I think that's a good move. They've got four ninety-four birthdays between Lindell, Mata, Poca, and Ristolainen. I mean, damn, <laughs> that's an eighteen-year-old <laughs> defenseman right there. Four of them. Of course, they've also got Sammy Lapisto, but that's that's a very young defensive core. Yeah, and, and then look- uh, the strength of the Fens has always been in their goaltending, where we see Miko Koskinen, Tuukka Rask, and Pekka Rinne. I, I would say the goaltending has been anything but a strength the last two games. Rinne let in a couple of laughers, and uh, Rinne is not so much the strength anymore. Uh, it's Tuka. And Rask led in five today. Did he? Yeah. 
So you're saying Renee is still going to be a, a problem for Nashville this year? Oh, he might be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if if Nashville had a, a better number one than Renee, they they would be cup favorites for a lot of people. But a lot of people, like, look at that roster. Go, man, they could do a lot. And they get to the goaltending and go, oh, yeah. <sighs> oh. Then there's that. <laughs> the, then there's that guy who used to be number one in the league contender. And now not so much. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, I hate to see it for the guy because, you know, I, I, you know, you, you like rooting for a guy that's awesome like that, but he's not been that recently. No. Yeah. Shows you how fast it goes away. Oh, I mean, he's, he's what, 33, 34? Right. He's still big, though. <laughs> he's he yeah. a lot of room. <laughs> he's still 6'5". You got that, you got that right. <laughs> he didn't shrink. Um... So I think Finland likely slots into number two of Group B. Um, but there is, there's always that chance that uh, NA or or Russia takes that spot. But I, I think it's more, actually I think it's more likely to be NA in in one of those two slots than Finland. But for a lot of people, Finland will be that number two slot. And I think that's what they kind of had in mind when they made the groups was Sweden, Finland, one, two. Mm-hmm. I don't think they realized what they had created when they made the under-23 roster. It's a monster. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it's good to put Finland up there as the number two right now, and that's that's sort of the target for the young guns. The young guns' forwards are possibly the best forwards in the tournament. Yeah. Sean Couturier, Jonathan Drouin, Jack Eichel, Johnny Gaudreau, Dylan Larkin, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, JT Miller... Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Brandon Saad, Mark Shifley, and randomly Vincent Trocek. What? <laughs> Frightening. All right. That is a team that could score nine on you any given day. Right. With just Nathan McKinnon alone. <laughs> <laughs> All assists from Connor McDavid. But, you know. So you, you watch their game versus, versus team some of Europe. What are their lines kind of shaking out to be right now? Earl. Well, I think the coach switched him up after that game, actually. Did he? Yeah. Uh, but but Mac was uh, he was left wing with R and H and Matthews and Austin Matthews. Um, and I guess in practice, um, maybe J T Miller played a little bit there too. But I right. what, I think what we hear switched those up though. Yeah, from what we hear. Um, it's he and Druan, and who's centering? I think Eichel maybe now. Oh no, uh, I think Eichel stand on that top line. Yeah, um, but I think it's actually still going to be. Well, it's someone impressive. Yeah. It, anytime you get a chance <laughs> to reunite McKinnon and Druan, you got to do it. Yeah. You have no choice. Oh, it's just McKinnon was so dominant in that game. Um, you know, he he just looked like he was really enjoying himself out there, and that's that's great to see because he was playing well and really effective. Just skating past everybody. I mean, that was really impressive to watch. Yeah, I mean the I mean the, the penalty shot goal was fantastic, but the drive to the net that Building. got him the penalty shot was just right. unbelievable. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's skating past team some of Europe, which we already ran down, and do not appear to be a fast team whatsoever. You still got to execute, though. I mean, you know, those are still real NHL players for the most part. Um, you know, it. it I, I think 
McKinnon's problem has been a little bit of being engaged and um, confidence over the past couple of years. And, and he looked engaged and confident. And that's, you know, that's just a bonus for us Avs fans. If he right. continues to be engaged and confident, that yeah. bodes very well for his season as he can carry that forward. Yep, uh, McClellan was very complimentary today in an article on NHL.com, I guess. Um, you know, he mentioned that McKinnon looked like he was easily in the best shape of his life and looked very focused. And, you know, he said, I've seen this guy a lot in the Western Conference, and he looks as good now as he has ever and looks dangerous. Just makes me want to giggle. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we've watched Matt Duchesne enter his prime, and Nathan McKinnon could very easily overshadow that. Easily. Well, well we're counting on it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in case uh, under 23 NA's forward core wasn't quick enough for you, let's check out the defense, which includes uh, Aaron Ekdad, who I'm sure <laughs> doesn't belong on this team. He has to be at least 28. He looks it. Uh, Shane Gossespierre, Seth Jones, Ryan Murray, Colton Pareko, Morgan Riley, and Jacob Truva. For a bunch of under-23 guys, that is a good defensive core. Right. This is young. Really were. I mean, they ran good. around a little bit. <laughs> but that, you know, I, I think for what, you know, I, I think that was probably the, the big fear when putting together a, a squad like that. But, you know, they, they did fine. You know, whether they're going to look fine against Team Canada, it's up for debate, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when your weakest defenseman is one of Colton Perico and Morgan Riley, you are in good shape. And Riley looked great. Yeah. Um, goaltending, on the other hand, John Gibson, Connor Hellebuyck, and Matt Murray. Yeah, starting goalies. I mean, it's not the strongest goaltending in the tournament, but it's not the weakest either. Well, I mean, the, the Matt Murray just won the cup. Right. So... And he looked a lot better than Carey Price did last night. Carey Price, from what I could tell, looked like he hadn't played hockey in several months. I got that feeling, too. So even if favorite. even if Canada rides or dies with, with uh, Carey Price and it turns out that die is what happens, that's a good thing for Montreal that Price is getting some competitive time. Because he might need it. Yeah. Now, I, I made the comment last night that if if the goalies in last night's game were reversed, I think Canada might have won that game eight eight or nine to nothing. <laughs> so let's uh, close out Group B by running down the Swedes. We have Michael Backlund. It's probably Mikhail for Swedes, huh? Mikhail Backlund, Nicholas Backstrom, Louis Eriksson, Philip Forsberg, Carl Haglund, Patrick Hornquist, Marcus Kruger, Gabriel Landeskog, Ricard Rick, Rickard Rick, Ricard Raquel. I don't know how you say that one. Help me. Help me. Ricky Rockets? Yes. Uh, Daniel Sedin, Henrik Sedin, Jacob Silverberg, and Carl Soderberg. It's another great forward core. Yeah. It's a lot of really solid names here. Um, only Shooty Sedin really stands out as a goal scorer to me, though. Uh, Erickson has looked great in front of the net with those two guys. Has he? Yeah, they've been playing the what will end up being the Canucks' first line, first power play. Um, the Sedins look, you know, they looked okay, but um, Erickson got a couple of goals today and looked good. 
Carl had a nice goal in the first game. Carl. <clears throat> Carl Bank shows up in medium, man. Yeah. Hot Carl. Defensively, uh, the Swedes are running Matthias Ekholm, Oliver Ekman Larson, Victor Hedman, Nicholas, unpronounceable last name that looks like Helm, Helmerson, but I've never known how to say it. Might be Chalmerson for all I know. Uh, Eric Carlson, Hoppus Lindholm, and Anton Strahlman. Sounds pretty strong. The Swedish defense is all, always sounds very strong. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. It doesn't hurt that they're backed up by Lundqvist, so. Right. Also, Jonas Enroth and Jacob Marks, Markstrom, but Lundqvist is the only name that really matters there. Yeah, yeah. I think you've said it. This isn't going to be the highest scoring team in the Cup, but I think they're going to be defensively, uh, you know, even with their forwards, probably the strongest team. All, their forwards are mostly very strong defensively. Maybe the Swedes right. excluded. Yep. I mean, yeah. e- even a guy like Philip Forsberg is no slouch defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlson flattened some guy today. Um, yeah, I, they just they played a good team defense. Um, you know, it, yeah, they let in a bunch of goals, but you know, you could see as a tournament goes on that they they're going to grind people to death. Yeah, hopefully uh, Gabriel Landeskog can do that on the ice rather than in the box. You know, <laughs> he didn't get a penalty out there. Today. Did he? He didn't. Oh, okay. Gosh, yeah. what was it? Two the first game? Yeah, well, one of them was only one of them was a real penalty though. Yeah, the, the phantom slash. I didn't yeah. see that, but it's all right, man. He, he's still the the guy they all look for when somebody starts writhing in pain. Like, where's yep. Landeskog? <laughs> He tackled Koivu from behind when there was a scrum behind the net, and that was good to see. I wish those two would just date and get it over with. (laughs) (laughs) Should uh, make October, November nice and interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First preseason game. Mm -hmm. So now um, probably the most controversial roster is belonging to Team USA. Uh Because, I mean, when you when you can include Justin Abdelkader, you just got to do it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, David yeah. Backus, Brandon Dubinsky, Patrick Kane, who got a letter somehow. Uh, Ryan Kessler, TJ Oshie, Max Pacioretty, Kyle Palmieri, Zach Parisi, Joe Pavelski, Derek Stepan, James Van Riemsdyk, and Blake Wheeler. No Dustin yeah, Brown, that's a plus. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so hateable. I think other than Patches, I really don't. I kind of like Wheeler, I guess. But other than those two, I really hate everyone on that team. <laughs> I like James Van Riemsdyk a lot. I, uh, yeah, I guess he didn't play the, the other night. so. Yeah, I like little Joe a lot. I'm, I'm pretty ambivalent on Patches. Everyone else can just fuck themselves. <laughs> well, Patches yeah. and I grew up in the same hometown, so. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, as an American, years I've had a hard time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, as an American citizen, I just uh, have an easier time cheering for Avalanche players than I do that team, uh, especially given who's coaching it. Especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, defensively, Dustin. it doesn't get much better when you start with Dustin Bufflin, uh, John Carlson, Eric Johnson, Jack Johnson, Ryan McDonough, Matt Niskanen, and Ryan Suter. Yeah, that's pretty hateable, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even 
<laughs> even Eric Johnson, I mean, that's a guy that every once in a while just kind of loses it and takes a run at a guy. That's what I said last night. I was like, I can't believe he didn't play EJ. I mean, he's got a good record with DOPS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Decent goaltending in Ben Bishop, Jonathan Quick, and Corey Schneider. Yep. Better than Canada. How did Quick look last night when they played? He looked real good. In case you can't tell, we're recording this on Saturday uh, between the Sweden-Finland and USA-Canada games. That should be very obvious from some of our remarks. Uh, which, yeah. you know, how do you play those games back-to-back? I cannot believe those two teams are playing another preseason game. Right. I mean, somebody may die before the actual action X starts. <laughs> I know, and they're playing in Canada's capital tonight. I mean, it's just... If somebody doesn't die on the ice, they may die in the stands. Well, and then the the thing is, you think that anytime you see that, you're like, oh boy, they're gonna kill each other tonight, and it, it, nothing will happen. Yeah. Um, but but last night it looked like Tortorella basically said, "All right, go out and do your worst." And they did. Make a statement. <laughs> <laughs> go out and be as bad as you could possibly be. Hey, did we hear anything about those injuries? Is Drew all right? I didn't. I guess everyone's that. okay, and yeah. they're not gonna. There's no further action from Department of Player Safety, <laughs> right? And that, uh, that's shame. actually interesting that you bring that up because this is an NHL run event. Could, it, could yeah. someone get suspended for NHL games over a World Cup of Hockey action? I think they could. Yeah, because well. Ryan Kessler certainly tried. Yeah, he sure did. That hit on Weber from behind. It was it was very fortunate that Weber saw him coming. I think Oshie's hit on uh, who was that? Uh, was that Pavelski? Or no? I'm sorry, uh, Couture. Oh yeah. Well, that uh, that one I think looked worse, but Kessler's well, on Weber was definitely worse. hit his head really hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Weber didn't doesn't see Kessler coming, he doesn't you know position his body in a way that he can kind of smack into the boards flat instead of toppling. Yeah, because he could have gotten himself Matt cooked very easily. And the the hit on Giroux late in the game was terrible too. Yeah, definitely uh, not the kind of reactions we're generally having after international games, is it? Yeah, especially when it's you know pre-tournament exhibition games. Yeah, not even one that counts. This is not you know sixty minutes of shimmy. Uh, but, I mean, I don't want to justify it, but I can see what Torello wanted to do today, last night and tonight. Yeah. Uh, he wants to establish the fact that, you know, they're not going to get pushed around and this is how they're going to play. So if, if Canada wants to play their skill game, great, but they're going to, you know, they're going to pay for it. Right. Well, I just feel like they gave Team Sum of North America very villainous sweaters, and that's probably the wrong team to give the villain sweater to. <laughs> The villains are wearing red, white, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> right. On the other side, we're, we're on for Team Canada, you've got, you know, most of the names you would expect. Patrice Bergeron, Logan Couture, Sidney Crosby, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Getzloff, Claude Giroux, Brad Marchand, Corey Perry, Tyler Sagan, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, Joe Thornton, Jonathan Taves. They can roll... How many forwards do they have? Six, nine... They could, they could roll multiple first lines, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. On any team in the league. And Perry was the scratch last night. I, I bet he'll play tonight. No kidding. <laughs> they need a counter douche badly. They do. So Duchesne with Giroux and Thornton. 
He also played a little bit with Sagan and Tavares later in the game. That line sounds like a blast to watch. <laughs> it kind of was. Duchesne, Tavares, Sagan? Holy shit. Yeah. A couple of, them, of uh, big names lamed, have been you know left off of this roster, though. I mean, how could you not? I mean, there's only, what, 20, 20 names on the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys that didn't make the cut that would be right up there on just about any other team in the tournament. But I mean, no we, one's arguing that none of these guys don't belong. No one's going to make that argument. Right. But I am going to make the argument though. Where's Taylor Hall? Yeah. He should be there. Yep. There it just came from, uh, from English Renlevois, Corey Perry in versus USA tonight. Crosby and Muzzin are out. Bomeister and Perry are in. Muzzin yep. was horrible. Was he? Yeah. The defense, Joe, uh, Jay Bomeister, Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Jake Muzzin, Alex Petrangelo, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Shea Weber. Yeah, I could make a couple arguments their defensive core could possibly be replaced with players I prefer. Uh, PK. I mean, right. PK, 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 PK. I mean, first and foremost. It's a very hype defensive core with that's missing guys like PK. True. Yeah. That's, you know, especially with the way Muzzin played last night, I I just can't see the justification there. Muzzin's a great player. He probably just had a terrible game. I mean, that happens. It does. But goalies. Okay, then uh, maybe Bo Meister. I don't know. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, but, but between Bomeister about just about anyone on on most teams. Yeah, yeah I mean, but between Bomeister, Muzzin, and Petrangelo, those would all be outstanding players for any NHL team. But would you take all of them over PK Subban? I mean, it just seems like you're too much of one thing and not enough of the other. So in that, Corey Crawford, Braden Holtby, and uh, the rust bucket of Carey Price. Seems like Did goaltending this- is always the downfall of, of Team Canada. Did they say who is starting for Canada? I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, um, I would imagine that they would not want to ride with Carey Price two days in a row. But uh, I but I also imagine that they would want him to play as much as possible to see what kind of level he's going to be at. Yeah, there's one more tune-up game for each team after after tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I hope, hope he might change how that how the game goes tonight. Yes. Um what it, I mean, if we're going on trying to win, I think you would expect to see the Holtby. I think we might see multiple goalies tonight either way. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about it, I think that's what they said in the, during the telecast last night is they were going to go with Holtby for half the game. Hmm. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. again, these don't count yet. <laughs> Not yet. Right. So, um Team Canada is always the expected gold medal winner. Do you think that holds true here? Yes. I, I mean, so you got to knock them off. I mean, it, whether they're the best team or not, you know, it's hard to argue against it, but you got to beat them to win it. Mm-hmm. So but I also think they have competition. So, uh, yes, you know. absolutely. Who else could take it in your eyes? Hmm. It would not surprise me even slightly if Team North America wins their group. Ooh. 
Yeah, I need to see them play a real team first. I mean, I, <laughs> I wanted to say that after the game the other night. Yeah. I, you know, I need to see them against uh, Sweden or Finland. Right. So yeah, before just... we move into when some of these games are going to be, who are you rooting for and who are you rooting against? We've already united as being against Team USA. Who are we rooting for? <laughs> uh, guys, you wear burgundy and blue jerseys during the NHL season, first yeah. and foremost. I'm not, I mean, there's two of them on Sweden, so I'm cheering for Sweden. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm not real concerned about the scores in any of these or even who wins the tournament um, as much as I want to see our guys do well and, and you know, stay healthy and, and sort of, you know, be, be just as prepared as everyone else in camp is when they get back there. Right. Um, I want to see Matt Duchesne crawl his way up from that fourth line to a more prominent role. That's yeah. what I want to see. I really wanted to see him score a goal last night. I hope he does tonight. I mean, I, it, you know, he, he was playing an interesting role. I mean, I know, you know, since sort of the beginning part of last year that he's, he's done a lot of in front of the net play, but he did that a lot last night and, and he did it well. Um, he was, he was sort of making it easier for, for Thornton and Giroux or whoever was on the power play with him to, you know, uh, get pucks in close to the net. And I was watching on Sportsnet and they said that Matt Duchesne is one of the best in the world in close quarters um, just because he has fantastic edge work and he can, you know, they didn't say stick handle in a phone booth, but that's basically what they were saying. Yeah. This is a tournament for, for fun as far, as far as I am concerned, which means that I am rooting for the most fun hockey possible. Yeah. I am riding or I am ride or die with team NA. I am anti-Team USA. I'm anti-Team Sweden because I think they're not going to be very interesting to watch. <laughs> I think a Team Under-23 versus Team Canada final would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'd love to yeah. see it. That one could go three games, and I would love every game. Yeah. No, I think that's... I think if you're, if you're rooting for fun hockey, which I think we all are... Um, that's what you kind of have to go for. Yeah, but, uh, I, th I think as many of the Young Guns games as we can possibly get, the better off we're going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm rooting for them. Also because they have the least hateable roster. Yeah. Like, it's not close. So, okay. notable times on the schedule. Um, obviously, there's exhibition games on now. The, the next one is this evening between the U.S. and Canada game two. It's in about two hours and change um, from, when we, from when we record. By the time I get this uploaded, it may be on. I don't know. Uh, group play will start on the 17th uh, with a couple of games that are, you know, important games, but not the ones that we're all excited for, which are the USA and Canada and Finland and Sweden, which are both on the 20th. The 20th is a weekday. It's Tuesday, right? Something like that. So, especially if you're on the West Coast, good luck watching Finland and Sweden. Because that's the afternooner. But, you know, their, their European audiences will be able to tune in for that one. Well, also, um, I, I'm not sure if this, this holds true, but with the ESPN app, you generally get to watch it on demand after it's done. 
which is nice. I mean, that you're going nice. to know the outcome, but if it's a fun game, watch it anyway. Right. And then you can skip through all the like, stoppages and commercials and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then on the 21st, we'll see Team NA take on Team Sweden, which I think is the absolute, like, the, the most fire versus water matchup in the group stages. It'll be really curious. I'll be really curious to see how that one turns out. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good test for, for both clubs, really, because mm-hmm. the, the f- speed of the younger Finns kind of gave Sweden a problem in the first game. So multiply that by 10 and maybe they get, you know, they really have a, a, a deep problem there. So I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. The knockout stages start on the 24th, which is, you know, a week into the tournament. And then your grand final games will be on the 27th, the 29th, and if necessary, October 1st. That gets real close to the NHL schedule. Really close. What are you starting the 13th, I think? The Avs start the 15th. 15th, yeah. Well, I think that both the Avs and the Rampage open up on the 15th. Well, (laughs) they'll be uh, nice and warmed up with some real hockey, right? Yep. Do you think that this will be better preparation for most teams than training camp and preseason games would be for those guys? Absolutely. Uh, Unquestionably. Any real hockey is going to be better than any hour of drills, in my opinion. These guys that do drills all off-season with personal trainers, they're in shape. Uh, you know, go play the game, and go play it with you know the best talent in the world. You know, and rise and, up to the occasion. And and even you know with the AV situation of having a, a new coach and a new system and all that, they're going to have I think it's, is it five or six days between games between the. Um, the final preseason game and, and their opening night. Right. So they're going to have a lot of time that week to really hone in on, on the, you know, what, what they need to know as far as systems go and, you know, just sort of integrating with the team in practice. Right. Yeah. That so, might be the only exception is teams like Colorado or Minnesota who are bringing in new coaches this year and are, are expected to have wildly different systems in place than they had before. Um, so some of those guys might be a little bit behind um, in terms of you know learning the new team strategies, but other than right. that, I, you know I, I'm just not worried about Duchesne and Soderberg and Landeskog and Johnson coming in and fitting in with any system. I'm more worried about the other you know 16 players that are on the roster. You know if those guys have the system down, I'm not worried about those guys fitting in. I'm not either. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, if it was something like our entire top line or, you know, you look at teams like, uh, what is, I think Chicago has 10 players in the in the World Cup rosters and, and Tampa has 12. You know, that's troubling. But, you know, we've got six. They're six really good players. They're smart. They know what to do. They'll be able to come back to camp, even if it goes all the way to October 1st for the, the finals. And they'll still have two weeks to integrate with the team. Yeah, a couple of these teams will not be advancing all the way either. So yeah, you know, exactly. Right. I mean, that's worst case. Yeah. Right. Or best. Yeah. We can expect half of them to not even make it to the second week. Yeah. If Duchesne and McKinnon end up meeting on October first in a third game final, that's great for us as hockey fans, and I don't think it's going to take away from what they need to know in camp. 
So let's uh, let's put our reputations on the line. Who's gonna what win reputation? the groups? Uh, Sweden's winning group B and Canada's winning group A. I agree. I think we could very much see team NA get that number one slot in group B personally. I'd okay. love to see it. I got, I've got the faith. I'm for it. Make the call. Uh, I will put Sweden number two in group B. All right. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, if, if Canada's winning Group A, I don't think there's, as much as I hate Team USA, I don't think there's any way that they don't advance because the, the Czechs and Team Rest of Europe aren't very good. Yep. Agreed. Um, and I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say Team Young Guns beats out Finland for the the B2 spot. Yep, we're in agreement. I mean, I'd love to see it, and I think it happens. I mean, that's a young team, but I think also think they're ready to grow. I mean, they're going to bring it. I think that the B2 slot is probably the most competitive slot of the group stages. Um, so then, as you go into the knockout phases, you got to kind of keep in mind who your one and your, two, and your two were, but who moves to the finals, and then who's going to win the whole thing? I, I think it's going to be the Swedes and Canada. Same here, and I think Canada wins that game. See, in in my model, the Swedes and Canada meet in the semifinal. I that's see. a better model. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a funner model. Yeah, and then I I do agree that Canada wins that game. I think it's probably sixty forty, but I think Canada wins that game. And then you yep. have NA over the USA, and you get NA Canada grand yeah, final. That's what, I was just going to say, I mean, having the Young Guns beat the U.S. In the, in the semis would be fantastic. And then playing Canada in the final. I mean, I'd root for that. I just don't, just not ready to make that call. As long as they don't go uh, too heavily towards the on Team NA. That would not be nice. Yeah. Uh, grand final is really just a toss-up for me between North America and Canada. I got to give it to Canada, having not seen North America play a real team yet. My opinion could change in a week. We'll see. I'm going to say Sweden because Canada always chokes. <laughs> <laughs> They'd love to see that in Toronto too, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> right, so, we've, so we've all got the same four teams coming out of the groups, and we all have a different winner. I like it. Well, reputation's on the line, right? We'll uh, come back and I'm sure we'll let each other hear all about it, right? Yeah, ball's on the table. Yeah. Oh, I missed that sound bite already. Yeah, I had to update the the intro to actually fit the team, you know. I know. And it's I, I just I miss Gary Thorne. It's it's hard to hard to not include fake it take it, you know. All yeah, we need is like point. a good Bender quote now, you know. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point. Yeah. Coach Bender. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that should pretty much do it for World Cup preview. Um, right. Anything else you guys are looking forward to or anything else you want to, to run down today? Definitely the prospect showcase. It's going to be gonna happening at that. the same time. When is that? I think that also starts on the 17th. It does. Yeah, which is horrible timing, but, you know, what are you going to do? 
Well, you don't run those for fans. You run those for your team's development. I'm really, really happy the Avalanche organization is doing it, and I cannot express that sincerely enough. <laughs> Thank you, for the love of God, for having real hockey with your prospects in front of fans before the season starts. I also think it's cool that Anaheim and, and San Jose have you know, decided to come to Denver to take part in that. Absolutely. Um, because it's... You know, this is the first time the Avs are doing this. First time they've even been a part of one. Usually, you figure they'd go to someone else's tournament maybe for a year or two, and then maybe host their own. So, oh, and usually they're kind of hosted by like a bunch of teams that are in the same area. Like you'll see Toronto, Ottawa, and Buffalo do one. Yep. Or you, or you would expect to see you know San Jose, Anaheim, L.A. host one. Well, the one thing I know San Jose has ice problems constantly. Um, so it might be nice for them to come and, and skate on better ice to start off their rookie camp. And that, right. that might hold true for Anaheim as well. Yeah. I also think it demonstrates the kind of clout that Joe Sackick has in NHL circles. I mean, I'm not sure this is uh, your rookie GM anymore. You know, definitely getting rid of his buddy and coach <laughs> and, you know, being able to garner a game like this in Colorado, I think again, demonstrates his status, you know, within that community. Yeah, that, that other teams will think that if they come to a tournament hosted by the Avs, it'll be run professionally and, and be a good experience. Yeah. That's an Looking interesting take for it. Yeah. Um, but the, the timing's not too bad. I mean, it's just the 17th, 18th, and 19th. And like like I was saying a few minutes ago, those those games for the World Cup at that time aren't that tremendous of games. Well, I'm really, really looking forward to going and seeing JT Comfer, uh, you know, uh, definitely AJ Greer. I mean, those are the guys that I'm really excited to see right now. Yeah. And we're going to have an opportunity. And I can't see any way that Miko is not going to be in those games because it just it doesn't look like they'd have enough guys unless there's a slew of invites that we don't know about, which yeah, right. is possible, I guess. But the games that are on at the same time are going to be the U.S. versus some of Europe on Saturday. Uh, Sweden versus Russia on Sunday is probably the biggest, and uh, some of Europe versus the Czech Republic on the 19th, Monday. Well, the 19th is the Sharks and the Ducks, so we don't even care about that. Right. No. They should have put that one on Sunday. <laughs> um, and again, hopefully with the ESPN app, that you know, that'll allow people to watch it on demand. Yep. So. If, if you want to go, I mean, obviously the rookie tournament won't be on TV anywhere, so that's... You have to actually go meet uh, Cool Breeze at, at Westminster Promenade to go to that one. Exactly. Yeah, which I plan to do, I think. I'm going to make the drive down. It's worth it. I think so. I think, you know, it sounds like a lot of people are going to go. I mean, I, I would definitely go if I was in the area. Same here. Yeah. I'd be there. Uh, I live in Telluride. I might come up for it. Right. <laughs> well, it's your, both of your faults for being remote. <laughs> Well, you'll have to rely on assholes like me to report on it for you. Yeah, you'll have to give us like the full Twitter play-by-play. -play. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I, we can do it. I, I think the Avs are really jazzed about it too. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think they're going to televise any large amount of the games, but I, you know, I think they might have a camera there, and maybe put together a couple of highlights or something like that. I mean, oh, sure. They, they should definitely populate the site with that. Yeah, I mean, it's something they would want to promote for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the coming week. 
Yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to hop down and see some of the future Avalanche uh, hopes. If you're in the area, definitely you'll want to pop over for that. Um, and, and the rookies do report on the 15th for physicals, and we don't know. Again, we don't have a schedule yet, so we don't know what they'll do, if anything, between then and the, the tournament. But, you know, that's sort of the, the kickoff to camp season. Yeah, then we'll be into camp, and then we'll have veterans in, and then we'll have preseason, and the World Cup will end, and then we'll get into proper NHL hockey. We were, we're there. We yeah. made it. Before you know it, the leaves are falling, and there'll be games every night. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes every game, or every team playing a game at the same time. And sometimes the leaves will literally be falling, you know, to the avalanche, specifically. I looked at the schedule. There's walk, 15 walk. Saturdays this year where both the Rampage and the Avalanche play. Oh, no. Earl, that's <laughs> tough for you. It's <laughs> a tough choice. I know. Determined by record at that point, right? <laughs> there's, there's a bit of a stagger. Right. Uh, but I, a lot of intermissions. I, I'm very excited about the rampage as well. I mean, I, you know, it, this is going to be a whole new era. So I think both teams are really going to be exciting to watch at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I think we're all looking forward to it. It's, it's amazing how optimistic everybody sounds now that we fired the coach <laughs> <laughs> or coaches, you know, he fired himself. Shouldn't, shouldn't we be distraught at this point? No, no, I'm optimistic every year, but I don't know. I'm even more optimistic this year. Right. <laughs> Hope springs eternal, right? Yeah. You're going to be right once in a while. That was right three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, between between coaching changes and the sort of minor roster swaps we've seen, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic. But we will get into that in a future episode when we get into camp and season preview. Um, thanks to you guys for joining me on what sounds like all around us a, a beautiful Saturday afternoon for all of us. I appreciate your sacrifice. No problem. Um, it's fun. And we will uh, catch everybody else, I don't know, but pretty soon. Because, I mean, the time is upon us. We need to start talking about camp and season previews and all that fun stuff. Um, in the meantime, you can always catch the latest abs news and updates at milehighhockey.com. You can follow the podcast on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash podcast or on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash podcast or my personal favorite, just subscribe at iTunes and then whenever we have new ramblings to throw your ear holes, it's automatically on your device, on your computer, wherever it is that you store your stuff. So, uh, Thanks to Earl, thanks to Ryan, and we will uh, catch all of you very soon. Keep your head up and get to the dirty areas, and we will see you all, not necessarily next week, but very shortly. This week on the Mystery Theater, we have the music from nowhere. If I have to listen to you two for this entire thing, I'm going to be in a bad mood. You t- it's, it's, it's even you two? Yeah. <laughs> everyone's iPod wasn't enough. Bono has to be in everyone's Skype call, too, now. I think that's the problem, though. It's like whatever music is built into my stupid phone is playing. <laughs> On your Skype? Oh, that's horrible. Hello, 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 hello. My back? Yeah. Didn't know, yeah, were, right. didn't know you were gone. Figured you were just doing something. Yeah, I was making Bono shut up. <laughs>